take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. This is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. Uh, Just as a reminder for those of you listening um, to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, this is also a a live podcast that is done every Monday at 6 p.m. Central Time. And uh, join us if you want to ask questions or just uh, show up and say hi. We love saying hi to people who are our listeners or viewers <laughs> of our podcast. The podcast also is live on <clears throat> YouTube. It's also live on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. So a uh, lot of places that you guys can access this podcast um, and also interact with us directly. So today we are talking about sexless marriage which is a huge issue it's a huge problem and a lot more of an issue than than people really realize um i I just you know when we were talking about doing this topic this 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 song just came to my mind because in the 80s i think this is the 80s it was a really big song Right. Let's talk about sex. Well, they were they were talking back then because nobody was talking about it, and people were getting sick. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know, since then, there has been quite an evolution or de-evolution of intimacy and sex within marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, to the point that there are times that we will meet with couples who who will report that they haven't had sex in years. Many. Many, many years. I, I think yeah. the, the longest time that we have heard has been 11 years. If, and a, a sexless marriage that. is defined as a couple who has not had sex for one year. Right. And a low-sex marriage is a couple who has had sex less, less than 10 less times. Less than 10 times a year. Right. And, you know, I think that we can't really talk about this a sexless marriage or a low-sex marriage without talking about all of the factors Mm -hmm. that are involved in that because we see that sex and money as a barometer of the health of the relationship and the health of the individual person for sure if you think about a baby and this baby's never touched how sad how lonely yeah we're no different and the first person we, we stop touching is typically our partner mm-hmm. and we'll still hug our friends and we'll still take care of our kids, but our partner will shy away from because it's more vulnerable. And we live in this strange time where in, in 10 seconds you could see 
hundreds of naked people just by picking up your phone. And sometimes without even trying, <laughs> you could be exposed to that. Yeah. And that can hijack you on a physical level. Um, it's physically stimulating, but mentally it puts you in shock, puts mm -hmm. you in fight or flight, mm -hmm. which does not lend to intimacy with another human being. And then emotionally it shuts you down. So we are flooded with this overexposure, literal mm -hmm. overexposure in our society. Uh, and, and we are exposed to other people, you know, being sexually provocative and sexual uh, imagery and all of that. But then within our own personal committed relationship, that decreases. And, and it, they're actually, they coincide with each other. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be interesting. I've never seen any statistics on this to see if people who let it all hang out are actually not having very much sex. Yeah, that would be and interesting. And people who are more uh, modest are probably having more sex. But it, what it does to us to have a sexless marriage, to be in a relationship where we're not having affection, with, when we're not having intimacy, is to depression, anxiety, and actually low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. You know, your self-esteem is like, what my person doesn't notice me. They don't care to be around me. They don't want to feel me. They don't want me touching them. And there's a great rejection that happens when we, when we say no to sex with our partner. Not that you should be a sex slave to your partner either, but if so much time is passing and there's no intimacy and you've gotten to the place where you almost can't tolerate it. Yeah. It is probably one of the cruelest ways to live in the world. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the mistakes that a lot of therapists out there do is that they prescribe or recommend that the couple just put sex on the calendar, right? And make it into something that is consistent, right? So they just, if you're not having sex, then you should just do it, right? And that is not the case, you know, from our perspective at all. Really, what we want to ask is the why, right? Where is that coming from? What's it attached to? What's it bringing up within a relationship? Because most often, it is connected to shame. Yeah, and, and I would say those things change over the course of a relationship. And so if you're not talking about you know, we did this exercise, open, close them mm, yeah. to talk about, you know, when, when your partner does a certain behavior, does it make you feel more open and connected and bonded and like sharing with them or does it close you down? And, you know, when you're in the early stages of a relationship and you have kids and life is busy, there may not be as much time for the cuddling on the couch or the walks together or the talking about things, but there may be other touch points that are different, but then that might not be tolerable later in life. But I think people really don't know themselves. And I think when we're early in a relationship, we go, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Where did my sex drive go? You know, am I not attracted to my partner? My kid's been hanging on me all day. I'm overwhelmed with touch. You know, we've heard all those kind of things. Or even worse, just minimizing it to physical issues. Right. Right. I'm, you know, my hormones are off or maybe I need to take a pill or something in order to build that intimacy, mm -hmm. you know, or that spark back up. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just treating a symptom. Right. And not really looking at the deeper problem that it's connected to. Yeah. There's nothing sexy about spending your day 
doing whatever it is you do, working, taking care of kids, paying bills, and then jumping into bed and having sex. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it just it's too big of a swoop. Yeah, we, our minds can't catch up, even if our bodies can, and that might work for you know certain points of your relationship. But over time, that will grow resentment, especially if you're giving in, or if you're just you know even if you're the one who wants to have sex, if your partner's not really present, mm-hmm. it can't be a good feeling either. And, and you know when you're talking about shifting gears like that, I think we also need to talk about intention. Right. If someone is or a couple is just having stress sex, you know, then that's not necessarily connection and bonding. You know, it's really more of a, you know, kind of self-pleasing type of perspective or, or, you know, approach to sex versus a complete connection. Right. And true intimacy between a couple that is often not nurtured and, and you know, rightly so, a lot of couples don't have the time, as you were saying, they don't have the time to nurture. They got kids, they've got full-time jobs, careers, they're trying to pay bills and, and you know, survive in this, in this society today. And so who has the time to really just put in that nurture and put in that investment? If you are finding time to go on vacation with your partner and on vacation, you're having some good sex, that tells you your life's pretty overwhelmed, you know, when you're not on vacation, but it does tell you there's still a good uh, connection, intimacy in your relationship when you do devote the time and energy towards it. And, you know, there's a really interesting kind of narrative in our world about what can I get? Mm. What do I need? How is my partner letting me down? Uh, My needs are not being met as opposed to, how much am I investing? What am I giving? What am I doing to help my partner feel less stress? What am I doing to help my partner feel like I'm thinking about them and care about them? And the difference between those two things is one you have control over and one you don't. And the one that you don't have control over is what you're receiving. And the world's kind of taught us to be focused on that, to be focused on what like, can I get? What can I get? Right? Yeah. You need to meet my needs, mm-hmm. right? Versus, you know, giving, giving is what you have control over. You know, you have control over whether you're going to give or whether you're going to give in. And, you know, the opposite of that is receiving or taking. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really, you know, you can really clarify as far as the quality of your intimacy and quality of your sex life based on just those two comparisons, right? Are you giving and is your partner receiving, or are you just giving in and your partner's taking, right? And that's really going to clarify the intention behind your sexual connection. And the really cool thing is if you're doing it right, you both win. And if you're doing it wrong, you both lose. And you can feel it. You sure. can feel the difference between I'm going to choose to show up and give to my partner and I'm not going to be worried about what I get back. Mm-hmm. And you feel a fullness just in the giving, as opposed to, you know, could you do this song and dance routine for me? Can you blah, 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 blah. And then both of you feel this like force and this letdown and it's not a great feeling at all. No, no. In fact, most often it's going to result in the feeling of guilt. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be complete, true, mutual satisfaction. Someone's going to feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And so much happens with our intimacy long before we get to bed. 
And if there isn't touch points during the day, if you're not saying, hey, how's your day going through a text, through a call, if when you walk past your partner in the house, you're not reaching out and touching them in some way, you guys are starting at zero, absolutely ground zero. And, you know, it's like if you were super stressed out, maybe you just had a really busy meeting and there's problems and then you're worried because your kids have some issue you're not tending to and not try to go get a massage. Oh, you're just, your brain is going to be all <laughs> yeah, like that. Right. And even if you can settle down, it's going to take yeah. some time. And we're trying to go from, from that level of stress to having sex without any of the in-between stuff, which is work. You know, there, we're, there was a sex therapist that we interviewed on the show and she said, you know, this couple comes in and they're like, how often are you having sex? They're like, you know, once every six weeks or so. And, you know, and then she asked him, how often would you like to? And the husband was like once a week. And she goes, all right, I'll have sex with you once a week. But what I'd like you to do is take a shower and light some candles and play some soft music and give me a back rub. And then we'll have sex once a week. He goes, all right, I'll be fine with it once every six weeks. <laughs> He just didn't want to go through the effort, right? Yeah. So that that's where he is just taking uh-huh. and not giving, right? Or not just receiving and giving and receiving. That's, you know, mutual satisfaction there versus giving in and taking. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to think about just how much effort and how much investment it really does take to have that, that connection with your partner. Is it going to happen all the time? Is it going to happen every single time you have sex? No, it's not. It absolutely is not, right? But if the majority of your connection and the consistency of your sexual connection is this giving in and taking, then you, you could see this this degradation of that connection, of that intimacy between the two of you. Which increases your anxiety. For sure. Increases, increases your depression. depression decreases your feelings of self-worth, mm. connection, and belonging. So it's a big deal. And it actually leads to physical illness because our stress levels stay high and then our body starts to break down. So there's so many good reasons to take that time and energy and effort and give that towards your partner. It's hard though. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Yeah. When we're talking about, you know, passing them in the kitchen and, and reaching out and touching them, we're not just talking about like giving them a pat on the butt. No, no. that's not that's the usually same a close thing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a closing for women. I think guys might like it better. Than well, I just it. remember when we did our, our uh, enhancement weekend, <laughs> well, where we were teaching the, that, technique of open close them right and they were closing their eyes and we said when your partner comes by and and you know gives you a little tap on the butt and the guys were like i'm open to that and the women were like no i'm closed to that <laughs> was, and then the, the look on their face when they saw each other's answer was like really you, you're not okay with that <laughs> and you know the reason is for women the way our brains work is we're paying attention to so many things and so if if you know, she's listening for if the kids are okay and if dinner's burning and she's doing some dishes. And now here's one more thing that's grabbing her attention and distracting her from things that are important in that moment. So it's, it's an irritant mm, mm. as for guys, if they're sort of like, you know, Oh, sex. Right. And everything else goes away. So it's, there's reasons for that because, you know, that's how our brains work. And so, you know, the things that are much lovelier for women are foot rubs and, 
back rubs and hugs and, you know, all the kind of things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a very complex issue and, you know, it's not, it does not have a very simple answer to it or, you know, a checklist that you have to follow and everything's going to be good, you know, and what we know about sexual intimacy in a long-term relationship is that it does evolve over time and the factors that a couple's going through, you know, during the stages of development in a relationship affects their sexual connection. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, you know, it, it, you know, a couple that is, has got kids and they have struggling with their jobs and their careers and, and trying to make ends meet, you, you know, the, the quality of their sexual connection is going to be totally affected by all of those mm -hmm. factors involved versus, you know, a couple that's going through uh, a midlife crisis or a couple that is are becoming empty nesters. You know, now they're finding themselves alone in the house for the first time in how many years? And so now that's another factor that's going to affect their sexual connection too. And then also how much a couple works on it and talks about it. Right. And I think that talking about it is really the most important part because most often people keep it to themselves. Yeah. When, when we're sitting in front of a couple for the first time, we ask them, you know, how often are you intimate? And then we ask them, how did you guys decide that? Yeah. And they look at each other and it wasn't a conscious choice. It was a reaction to something. It was an assumption that they are thinking about their partner and none of it was ever talked about. And it, it leaves this emptiness in us. You know, I always thought about that with like someone like, um, who's, who was Superman? What was that guy's name? Clark Kent. Well, the actor that got paralyzed. Oh, oh, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And like, I'm sure him and his wife went from having this normal, healthy relationship to he's paralyzed and not only is he now a sexless person, where does that leave her? And what did they do with that? You know, did she just become caretaker or did they find ways of still connecting and bonding and loving each other? And, you know, I think if I was in that situation, I, I for sure would want to find those alternatives, even if physically somebody couldn't. Mm. And I think, unfortunately, what we do is we go the other way. And we just, it's, it becomes too uncomfortable or painful. We don't talk about it and we don't do it. And it's always amazing to me that people can live in a relationship of contempt for decades, for decades where it, you guys know people like this, you know, couples who complain just about each other in, in conflict, all cut each the other time. down in front of other people and they'll stay together for a very, very, very long time. And surprisingly, mm -hmm. for, for those of you out there, those couples actually have a lot of sex. Some of them. Some of them yeah. have a lot. And and it's the really turmoil ones. Right. Yeah. Because because the connection is based on the chaos. Yeah. It's not about bonding or feeling close to each other. It is part of the chaotic cycle. That's the only time they're not in pain. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when they finally cool off enough to say, Oh, you're still here. But uh very painful ways to live. Very, very painful. And, you know, the work of it, the, the helping each other soften into the relationship. And then, you know, if there's, if there's sex without love, you know, if you just 
hopefully you're not in a relationship and you're like on Tinder or something like that. And you, you're hooking up with someone. There's something that happens at the end of that. At the end of that, there's a desire to run from that person. But when you're in a love bonded, committed relationship at the end of physical sexual intimacy, there is a drive to hold each other because that's when the bonding chemicals come out. It should be a drive. Right. <laughs> and sometimes people take that space when our bodies are in this place because all that serotonin and oxytocin is released. And, and instead of holding our partner, we are dealing with the children or picking up our phones or petting the dog. And we're not really using that bonding time, which increases our our immune system, which makes us feel safe and comfortable and connected in the world, which reduces our depression and anxiety. And we are missing that piece of it, even after going through the motions of having physical intimacy. You know, I, I just have to say that, you know, in our in our experience over 25 years of working with people, um, people are so much more angry. Yeah. And and that plays a factor mm, in, absolutely. in bonding with your partner. And countless number of people are just angry all the time and angry at this person, at that person, just their outside world. And so when you take that home with you, you, you that's got to go somewhere. And so a lot of times we see that, you know, going at their partner and then that just perpetuates more conflict within their relationship. You know, and I would say pay attention to how you feel in the shows that you watch when you're getting messages in from radio or walking down the street and you're bombarded with stuff and you may not realize all those subtle messages mm. that are out there that make you feel like the world's a little less safe or it, it, it is provocative and it wants you to be in that place of turmoil or anger. And then it doesn't make sense that you have those feelings because nothing happened. Yeah. Right. But you get on, on the radio and they're like, have you been checked for this cancer or wow. are you this? Or are you and you're like, ah, you know, like, Oh, if you're, when I hear what, if you're over 62, you might be at risk for this. I'm like, Oh my God. You know, or, you walk around like, yeah. ah, <laughs> or every other billboard as you're driving down the Kennedy in Chicago is about hair loss. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and testosterone and, you know, lack of a sex drive for men. And it, it is just so pervasive in oh, your did face. Did you see the one that was like, uh, smoke pot, it's better than sex? It was something like that. <laughs> Wait, that was, was that a billboard that was in Chicago? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and you think how sad that they would want you to replace zoning out with the deepest connection we could have with another human being. Well, it, you know, it minimizes the risk of rejection. It sure does. Right? I mean, you're not it only increases the risk of eating more food, well, the know. munchies. But yeah, I mean, it, then there's it, the <laughs> billboard right after that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, the other thing that, that we're doing less of, ourselves included, is exercise. And meditation. And meditation. And both of those things help balance our hormones and keep us healthy so we have the energy and mm. the drive to want to be sexually active with our partner and 
it's so much easier. And this is why married couples are fatter to just sit on the couch and say, not today. I'm not going to go work out today. And it's so easy to get in that rut and so hard to like keep yourselves motivated and moving, but it does show up in your physical health, your emotional health and your mental well-being. As we have said that sexual intimacy is a barometer for the connection that a couple has. And so we, we have to look at all of the factors that are involved in that. All right. Sexless marriage is not something that happens overnight. Right. It is something that happens gradually over time, little by little. You know, think about the whole frog in a boiling water uh, analogy or is it a metaphor? I, I can I never know. get that right. But think of that as uh, in when, when it, in regards to the connection that a couple has. You know, there's also, it's not very bonding and connecting if you're slighting your partner all the time. Mm. And we slight each other quite a bit. And it's often has to do with not sharing information because we'd rather sit on our phones or um, talking to other people and not sharing those things with our partner. And those can, those can be another like kind of low grade push away from intimacy that you might not even be aware of. It's not a good feeling as someone's partner to find out things that you just didn't choose to share with them. Well, you, you think about being out with a friend and, you know, you're talking to them and then they pick up their phone and they're sitting there looking at stuff on their phone. You know, immediately you, you feel just totally rejected and cut off. And, and you're like, what do I do? Do I just sit here and wait for them? Do I say anything? Do I pick up my own phone? And so that is just in a, in a friendship, right, interaction. So think about Which I what think that, we're more likely to do in a friendship. To not do that. To not do that, right, because we'd be more considerate right. about the person we're talking to. But now you think about in your committed partnership, you know, how often are you doing that to each other? How often are you like slighting each other and, and paying attention to other things and, and making your partner feel less important? You know, the same thing is true. If you had someone over to your home, you'd greet them at the door, you'd hug them hello, you would walk them to the door, hug them goodbye. But- Often when our partner comes home, there's no acknowledgement that either one of you even knows the other one is there. So there's so many little ways we slight each other that really lead to that distrust and that contempt over time. And nobody really talks about it because it always seems like, well, you're being so sensitive, but you know what? If you want to have a healthy sex life, you need to be sensitive. That's all there is to it. And there's so much in this world that desensitizes yeah. us. And so, you know, think about that. Think about how sensitive are you and see that as not a weakness, but a strength that you're paying attention. You're paying attention to who's in your home and where your partner is and if you care about them and letting them know that. And that increase of sensitivity makes you more open to the touch. It makes you more open to the conversations. It ultimately makes you feel more connected. Well, we want to... All of you for joining us today on Couple Synergy um, and this topic of sexless marriage, which is a very important one. Um, our passion is helping in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening or watching us, 
online. Please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, which you can do at home as a couple, the Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.